0: Welcome to another episode of Fill in the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Evan. We're here to talk about Project A119.
1: What does that mean in your mind? Well, I already know what it is. You already know what it is. Yeah. Well, what's, it, what it brings it? to mind—moon uh, landings and nuclear bombs. Neil Armstrong. <laughs>
0: Doing the, the moonwalk. Russians <laughs> See, when I think of the moon, I like to think of uh, the moonwalk, you know, Michael yeah. Jackson's thriller. <laughs> how he faked it. No. But uh, Project A-119, also known as a study of lunar research flights, was a top secret plan developed in 1958 by the United States Air Force. The aim of the project was to detonate a nuclear bomb on the moon which would help in answering some of the mysteries in planetary astronomy and astrogeology. So, right there, we're building a base on the moon. Well, actually, no, we're developing a bomb on the moon. We're not building a base. So, how do you feel about them testing a bomb on the moon?
1: Well, I... See, it goes into it farther because it wouldn't be as, like astonishing as landing a man on the moon, but it's a show of force. Well, before I
0: found this article, I found another article about us with preparations of building a base on the moon. And Russia had the same plan, too. This was all around the time of the space race when we're getting into the idea of space.
1: the space race is fucking insane. There's a lot of
0: secret (laughs) stuff in the space race, a lot of conspiracies and things like that that just doesn't really seem right. The whole idea of that we're trying to get to the, you know, literally
1: get in a race, win the race to the moon <laughs> first, like... It's it's inspiring, like, America having a... Like, it was scary, like, it must have been terrifying living in that time, because at the same time you were having a race with the Russians, you were also having an... art. Space race, arms race, which one can well, like, blow you, each other up all at once before? Don't you fire like, back? That's like a that's a whole
0: idea of like we're puffing our chest out because like we're like we're gonna get there first. Oh, you guys are going to there? Well, we're gonna get there first. You know, it's like being it's a mixture
1: guy. of friendly rivalry and actual uh, de- rivalry. We actual actual deadly. We hate the commies. Uh, <laughs> we're pissed. Actually, communism sucks. Friendly rivalry. We were yeah. at war how would you that was well, a bad choice of words a friendly rivalry you push each other to greater heights which is what was happening a- any rivalry if it's I a true what rivalry what one what like Michael
0: Jordan thinking
1: man like you know, like one end incredible. of the line like like it's always pushing each other to get better you're not rivals if you're not doing that you know but yeah maybe maybe friendly rivalry wasn't the uh, Right well, word for them.
0: <laughs> if this explosive <laughs> device race. detonated on the surface, not in a lunar crater, the flash of explo- explosive light would have been faintly visible to people on Earth with their naked eye. A show of force resulting in a possible boosting of a domestic morale and the capabilities of the United States, and also a boost that was needed after the Soviet Union took an early lead in the space race, and was also working on a similar project. So obviously you know if you're building a trying to think of building a base on the moon and you have this brand new nuke that you're trying to find a place to test it on earth your first kind of thought would be like let's test it on something out in space where we don't (laughs) know where any life is out there two bad things of that one you're messing up research of anything that goes on to that and like testing the gravitational or anything like that of the moon see if it is habitable if you kind of throw radiation up there you're kind of ruining it
1: and then um
0: that's it there's life up there
1: yeah that that's the case with any nuclear testing any weapon testing like that like you're pretty sure you're, you're not to gonna kill anything the aliens in the <laughs>
0: sky man you're about to start world war like end of the world basically but it's weird because you can't when it comes to the moon if you're gonna launch a nuke at the moon you have to be in like You have to get everyone's opinion on that. You have to go and ask every single country, hey, do you mind if we just do this and we'll give you our research from as far as we've gotten from it. Like it has to be a group world effort if it's going to even lead to something as crazy as that. Because just like the sun... It's everyone's. It's not just yours. Like, it's not America's moon. It's not just because we have a flag up there and we were the first ones to get on the moon doesn't mean it's ours.
1: And that was not the consensus <laughs> during that uh, <laughs> that time of Cold War yeah, at all.
0: Yeah. Like, what about religions that are worshiping the moon? And next thing you know, they get like a giant, like, they see a nuke launcher. Flare on moon, the moon. Like, like, what the hell did you do to my <laughs> moon mother? Like,. <laughs> Yeah. (sighs) Well, the project was never carried out, being canceled primarily out of fear of a negative public reaction with the potential militarization of space that it would also have signified and because a moon landing would undoubtedly be more of a popular achievement in the eyes of the American and international public alike. A similar project by the Soviet Union also never came to fruition. So the existence of the U.S. project was revealed in 2000 by a former executive at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, also known as NASA. Leonard Reifel, who led the project in 1958, a young Carl Sagan was part of the team responsible for predicting the effects of a nuclear explosion in the vacuum and low gravity and in evaluating the scientific value of the project. The project documents remain secret for nearly 45 years, and despite Rifle's revelations, the United States government has never officially recognized its involvement in the study. So little research of the moon has been at this time, and the plan wasn't very thoroughly uh, considered. Nuking the moon could only fall to failure with possible debris crashing to Earth, and if a nuke landed on the moon, it might be pushed out of Earth's gravitational pull, making us more susceptible to asteroids. So that was kind of my own little thoughts right there. Just because if we hit the, first of all, a nuke has a lot of power, has a lot of impact. Yeah. So if you launch it on the moon in space, once you like once an object's in space, it can just keep floating and going and going. So like if I had a ball and I threw it it would just keep going into nothingness so yeah. it would never slow down would never there's no force to stop it so if you launch a nuke and it hits the moon and knocks it off like a it's gravitational thing and it just starts going and keeps drifting farther even and farther even slightly farther, that farther, that would farther
1: have farther outstanding like effects for the future like even if it slightly fucked up the orbit then like Next thing you know, you know... Our, maybe, maybe maybe it's not a problem for us, but maybe, like... It would be a big problem for us. What are you talking about? N- maybe not our current generation, May- but, like... Well, you gotta
0: think. There would be some changes I think in, like maybe the hu- humans
1: in the next, uh, like, couple thousand years, maybe. It'd be like, uh, probably, huh, it, it, uh, it definitely what's up with the, uh, the uh, tides? You notice yeah. that the top, that, like, uh, half the year, uh, the waves are, like... Uh, non-existent the other half of my uh, house is being knocked down.
0: (laughs) Well, the farther it got away, the the less we would see. We probably wouldn't see current, or not currents, but tides anymore. It would be, like, just the flattest water possible. And the next thing you know, like, you know, the planet gets too hot. You know, there's no, there's just the sun all the time. Like, we don't have that moon that's out in the distance anymore. It's just black nothingness. You know, a lot of it is natural light, too. Like, imagine if we didn't have a moon, it was just black night. I know sometimes the moon isn't out, but if we literally had no moon, we would be in complete pitch black dark of nothing. Yeah. Half, like half this the, planet would probably freeze. So it's crazy to think that we even, like, I guess this might not have been running through their minds at the time. Cause I mean, you got to think that with, when, it, when you look at the moon and as much research we know from it now, first of all, without even imagine if we hit it and it, it first of all, A piece of it broke off and floated down to Earth. You'd be getting hit with like an asteroid. Even though they say the Earth could handle it, I mean not the Earth could handle it, but the moon could handle a nuke like that compared our weapons wouldn't wouldn't even scratch the surface. But it's like, okay, well, the reason why there's lunar craters is from it being hit by asteroids. First of all, it's a protective thing too for the Earth because it pulls in asteroids from the gravitational with its own gravity, so it's like, it's stopping the Earth from getting hit with asteroids, we're not even, we don't even know any of this yet, but we're like, oh, let's just toss a little nuke up there real quick, so we could show Russia that uh, we got some weapons of mass destruction. Yeah,
1: and I, I think that's probably why, like, so, a lot of scientists probably thought of, like, a lot of that, it's not even just, like, obvious like repercussions, like, if you're a scientist, you think, like, all right, There might be a lot of things that, like, we're not even thinking about that this could fuck up. Because it's a nuke. You know, like, radiation could do anything. Like, yeah. They wouldn't, like... The scientists working at that time, they'd much rather have the, like... Yeah, we put a man on the moon that, like, advances science. Like, maybe one day we can colonize space, you know? And not, like... That's why they did it, too. That that was one of the big reasons. Because the United States, look at man landing on the moon, we blew up the moon. Like, which one would you feel better about your government doing,
0: you know? I feel happier about uh, man landing on it than blowing it up, you know? Honestly. Yeah,
1: shit, yeah, dude.
0: <laughs> well, some background information. During the Cold War and the Soviet Union took the lead in the space race... With the launch of sputnik 1 on the 4th of october 1957 sputnik was the first artificial satellite in orbit around the earth and the surprise of its successful launch compounded by the resounding failure of project vanguard which was to launch an american satellite after two attempts had been dubbed failure Um, it was known as the sputnik crisis and was the impetus for the beginning of the space race Trying to reclaim lost ground, the United States embarked on a series of new projects and studies which eventually included the launch of Explorer 1 and the creations of the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, also known as DARPA, and also created NASA. So let's get down to the basics of the project. In 1949, the Armour Research Foundation, known as ARF, based at the Illinois Institute of Technology. How are you going to have a program named ARF? Very uh, comically. It's like a dog barks. That's what we're going to call our program. What? ARF. What? What? (laughs) You want to launch a nuke on the moon, and you're going to call the project of the place that is developing this ARF. Yeah. All right. Well, based at Illinois, Institute of Technology began studying the effects of nuclear explosions on the environment. These studies continued until 1962. In May 1958... ARF began covertly researching the potential consequences of a nuclear explosion on the moon. The main objective of the program, which ran under the auspiciousness of the United States Air Force, had initially proposed it was to cause a nuclear explosion that would be visible from Earth. It was hoped that such a display would boost the morale of the American people. At the time of the project's conception, newspapers were reporting a rumor that the Soviet Union was planning to detonate a hydrogen bomb on the moon. According to press reports in the late 1957, an anonymous source had divulged to the United States Secret Service agent that the Soviets planned to commemorate the anniversary of the October Revolution by causing a nuclear explosion on the moon to coincide with a lunar eclipse on the 7th of November. News reports of the rumored launch included mention of targeting the dark side of the Terminator Project A-119 would be also considered this boundary as the target for an explosion. It was reported that a failure to hit the moon would likely result in the missile returning down to Earth. Imagine you fire up a nuke and it misses. Like Armageddon where they had this slingshot around the moon. Imagine you do that and the moon's like, moon's like, nope, and then just... Flips it right back at you even faster. Oh, shit. Okay, now we got a hydrogen bomb. We got probably 20 minutes before it hits us. So uh, everyone uh, you can either pray or I'm going
1: to the casino. (laughs) Well, because that's how we get fucking, that's one method of time travel. You do that around a black hole because the uh, density of the black hole warps time. The fabric of space around you. So I think that's what
0: makes the moon so appealing is that it's it's like bright, and then we look at a dark hole. You know, there's white holes. What? It's the complete opposite of a black hole. Instead of seeing nothing but black and like being stretched like that, just p- it's all, just pure white. Like when you well, know, would it like, be
1: the other side of
0: like all the light that a black hole compresses. It's like when you see like there's nothingness and it's all white, like in a cartoon when they had just something yeah. floating with like no background or anything. That's a white hole well you know how they talk about black holes and all that you know what it's like going through one it's like you're being stretched and it's like you wouldn't be able like when your toes would hit the black hole and you start going through it you'd be stretched already like I mean a billion miles long already and it's like it's gotta slowly work it's way it's like being put through a taffy pooler (sighs) Well, a similar idea has been put forward by Edward Teller, the father of the H bomb, who in February nineteen fifty seven proposed the detonation of nuclear devices both on and some distance away from the lunar surface to analyze the effects of the explosion. That's, I mean, it's a good it's a good thought just to test our idea of like. How can we get some research on this nuke that I have (laughs) without endangering anything on this planet that I live on, where my horses feed? (laughs) So let's talk about the research. A 10-member team led by Leonard Rifle was assembled at the Illinois Institute of Technology, also known as ARF, in Chicago to study the potential visibility of the explosion. Benefits to science and implications for the lunar surface. Among the members of the research team were astronomer Gerald Kupler and his doctoral student Carl Sagan, who was responsible for the mathematical projection of the expansion of a dust cloud in space around the moon, an essential element in determining its visibility from Earth. Scientists initially considered using a hydrogen bomb for the project, but the United States Air Force vetoed this idea due to the weight of such a device, as it would be too heavy to be propelled by the missile which would have been used. It was then decided to use a W-25 warhead, a small lightweight warhead with a relatively low 1.7 kiloton yield. By contrast, the little boy bomb dropped on the Japanese city of Hiroshima in 1945 had a yield of 13 to 18 kilotons. So if you think about it, a 1.7 kiloton versus a 13.18, which we dropped on Hiroshima, It's not that big of a deal, you think, if you're just launching that at the moon. It doesn't seem like that would really cause anything, because the moon's so big. The moon...
1: Yeah, the moon has no atmosphere, though, so... uh, That's true,
0: it probably would be a little bit more powerful. See, I'm not
1: an astrophysicist, so I I don't understand the implications.
0: (laughs) We we know you weren't involved in the Manhattan Project.
1: (laughs) But they're... they're, uh, I imagine they're very different than what they would be on Earth.
0: Well, the W-25 could be carried by a rocket toward the dark side of the moon, where it would detonate on impact. The dust cloud resulting from the explosion would be lit by the sun and therefore visible from Earth. According to Rifle, the Air Force progress in the development of intercontinental ballistic missiles would have been made such a launch feasible by 1959. So really only a year. The project was eventually canceled by the uh, Air Force in January 1959 seemingly out of fear of a negative public reaction and the risks to the population should anything had gone wrong with the launch. Another factor cited by the project leader, Leonard Rifle, was the possible implications of nuclear fallout for future lunar research projects and colonization. You gotta think, you see this giant thing in the sky, is our first thought, are we gonna, We should, how can we blow this thing up, or is it, how can we colonize on there?
1: Yeah, that that's probably the biggest reason that they didn't do it, because you got, you got scientists like, like, Carl Sagan, working on the project, like, yeah, like, probably shouldn't. Like, these people, like, really tend to lean towards future-proofing we'll use this the ex- human race rather than... We'll use this example
0: it. for a thing. Imagine me and you are sitting in a room, and we see a spider. What's our... is our first thought going to be to let it outside or our first thought going to be to kill it?
1: Probably if it's in your house... Kill it. Kill it, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. So we're both think the same thing. Imagine yeah. a room full of people thinking the same thing and one guy saying, what about the research? Well, all of us want to blow it up. It's like, this is not like jury. Like, you know, everybody doesn't have to come down to a thing. Yeah. Eventually they're just going to sit there and argue until it all comes down to one answer. Like, it's this is something like, all right, well, all of us want to blow it up and you want to do research. You go do your research, we'll give you a couple minutes and we're just going to launch this nuke real quick. <laughs> So, evidence of the Soviet project. Later reports in the 2010s show that a corresponding Soviet project did indeed exist, although the only official documents on the project presently found began in 1958, not the 1957 date of the anonymous source, where rumors indicated that the U.S. project and the Soviet official plan similarly differs from the scenario reported in the press. Started in January 1958, It was part of a series of proposals under the code name E, also known as Project E1 entailed plans to reach the moon, while Projects E2 and E3 involved sending a probe around the far side of the moon to take a series of photographs of its surface. The final stage of the Project E4 was to be a nuclear strike on the moon as a display of force. As with the American plan, The E-series of projects was canceled while still in its planning stages due to concerns regarding the safety and reliability of the launch vehicle. So consequences. The signing of the Partial Nuclear Test Ban Treaty in 1963 and the Outer Space Treaty in 1967 prevented future exploration of the concept of detonating a nuclear device on the moon. Okay, before I even read that even farther. The whole Outer Space Treaty in 1967. There was some person in 1967 that was like, "Is no one addressing that we're trying to blow up the fucking moon?" Like, <laughs> that's
1: exactly what stopped it. I'm sure. There's one Pe- guy like, some people cocaine. being like, "What?"
0: <laughs> one, one guy was like, "All right, all right, this is ridiculous. Someone either you know put the cocaine trays away real quick. <laughs> you know, let's let's talk about this. We got to make a pact here." That not just America, but everybody is not going to try and blow up the moon. Okay? All right, we all signing this? All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so we got everybody's signature. Russia, China, Korea, America. All right, good job, good job, good job. Australia, Canada's in there. All right, sweet. We got everybody. Cool. Um, Iran, you trying to sign this? Yeah, over here. What do you mean? What? What? <laughs> you got something to do. No, 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 you're going to sign this paper. And with Russia, maybe Russia's like, we're not going to blow up the moon, but we're going to blow up Saturn. <laughs> it's like, what the, f- no, stop. What are we doing in space? We don't need to blow things up. Let's let's stay here. Let's try and think about li- being livable somewhere else. This Earth's not going to be livable forever.
1: Saturn, oh, shit. I'm so bad with all geography, including space geography. I don't know if That's Saturn's... That's
0: astrogeology, and yeah. Saturn's with the ring, bro.
1: Yeah, I don't, I for, is Saturn a gas giant, or is it one of the, uh...
0: No, it's not a gas giant. Shit. Fuck. Well, don't worry, let's not talk about things you don't know. Let's talk about <laughs> your thoughts on Project A-119. So, including those of Operation Hardtack 1 and Operation Argus... Operation Dominic-1 and Dominic-2 and the K-Project were all looking at high-altitude nuclear explosions before the Partial Nuclear Test Ban Treaty and the Outer Space Treaty was developed in '67. So by the time 1969 rolls around, it's the party year, the United States had achieved a considerable victory in the space race after the success of the Apollo 11 mission. In December that year, Apollo scientist Gary Latham suggested detonating a smallish nuclear device on the moon in order to facilitate research into the geologic makeup. The idea was dismissed as it would interfere with plans to measure the moon's natural background radiation. Ah, we're smartening up. We're realizing if we launch a nuke onto the moon, it's going to mess up its natural flow. Much like if you, uh, I guess, you try and create a crater in the ocean or something if you do anything that's going to mess with the whatever nature's original plan was you're kind of changing the plan yourself creating your own little mix that's going to hinder results of the origin of it so the existence of project a119 remained largely secret until the mid-1990s when writer kia davidson discovered the story while researching the life of carl sagan for a biography Sagan's involvement with the project was apparent from his application for an academic scholarship at the University of California, Berkeley Miller's Institute, in 1959. In the application, Sagan gave details of the project research, which Davidson felt constituted a violation of national security. The leak consisted of Sagan revealing the titles of two classified papers from the A-119 project. The 1958 paper, Possible Contribution of Lunar Nuclear Weapons Detonations to the Solution of Some Problems in Planetary Astronomy, and the 1959 paper, Radiological Contamination of the Moon by Nuclear Weapons Detonations. A 1958 paper titled, Cosmic Radiation and Lunar Radioactivity, credited to i Philosopho was also named by Sagan in a 1961 paper written for the United States National Research Council. These were among the eight reports created by the project of all which were destroyed in 1987. The resulting biography of Carl Sagan, A Life, was published in 1999, shortly after a review published in The Nature highlighted the discovery of the leaked information. This led to Rifle to break his an- anonymity and write a letter to the journal confirming that Sagan's activity at the time been considered a breach in the confidentiality of the um, report. So Rifle took the opportunity to reveal details of the studies, and his statements were later widely reported in the media. Rifle's public admission of the project was accompanied by his denouncement of the work carried out, with the scientists noting that. He was horrified that such a gesture to sway public opinion was ever considered. I can't believe Carl Sagan was involved in this.
1: He was such a big guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you're in the heat of a Cold War, I mean, a lot of shit. All hands go him. on deck. Yeah.
0: As a result of the publicity, uh, the correspondence who created a Freedom of Information request was lodged concerning Project A-119. It was only then a study of Lunar Research Flights Volume 1 was made public over 40 years after its inception. A search for other volumes of documentation revealed that other reports were destroyed in the 1980s by the Illinois Institute of Technology. How much information on projects we don't even know about yet have been destroyed? So much. I'm there was positive. A- there was a volume one that was made public forty years ago. After it was cre- like after it was even like experienced with, so we just got the information forty years later. And this was back when this article came out. So it's probably even farther down the road now. But I mean, volume one. How many volumes were there? How many were destroyed? How many people were grabbing like we need to burn everything, burn it, set the house on fire? Maybe the. Do you think they were destroying evidence, or did they see a spider? There's, like, a spider in the NASA's research archive, and he just grabs a lighter. Whoa, no, burn it. But all our research, there's a spider in there. I understand, sir. I will follow you major
1: into <laughs> you know, when You know, when you have all this, like, classified information, you know, these government projects, they look into, like, the crazy shit, you know. They find something that's, like, too dangerous for anyone to know about, well, now they're saying. Imagine, imagine if someone found the like, so, someone found a way to create a virus that will wipe out all the entire human race in under a year. Like, Probably you you want to keep that secret? I don't
0: know.
1: You know? I, I mean, if we like, ha- you if- want to destroy all possibility oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. someone finding that information? Well, we have so much so information all, all, all this all these projects that are just completely like erase. You got you got to wonder how many of them are like. That kind of that kind. We of have world so changed. much
0: information that has been lost. Not even with just America, like the great uh, burning of the Alexandrian Library. Yeah, that the fires of Alexandria. Like so much information in there was lost. So much valuable stuff that would have been knowledge for our future generations just gone, wiped from this earth. You got to think, like, is it someone's idea that you know that knowledge should be like knowledge might be too much power. That's might be with some of the things. Like, obviously they don't want this conspiracy getting out. It's like a little dirty dark secret, like you got the inbred cousin locked in the basement or something. Like you wanna kinda keep that secret um, you know, hidden. But it's just it's just crazy to think that, you know, we're willing to cause so much damage with our own research after going so far that not to even keep a copy of it lying around.
1: Knowledge is the ultimate power. It's 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 what will turn us from a Earth-dwelling, normal, I've squishy biological race into. I mean, I've definitely whatever start the locking my door at night <laughs>
0: after researching all these projects. I start kind of getting a little bit more uh, secure with myself because <laughs> I don't know what's out there. Well, Dr. David Lowry, a nuclear historian from the United States Kingdom, has called the project's proposals obscene, adding, "Had they gone ahead, we would never have the romantic image of Neil Armstrong." Strong taking one giant leap for mankind. Explosion or explosions in nuclear science, or not nuclear science, lunar science and nuclear science. A vacuum stable chemical explosive filled the seismic source mortar ammunition canisters used as part of the Apollo lunar active seismic experiments. These explosion experiments um, investigated the composition of the lunar mantle during the Apollo program. Um, to the exploration of geophysics practice of mineral prospecting with chemical explosions and deep seismic sounding and reflections of seismology. So what that just said was like, oh, we're going to learn how to use bombs to effectively mine and get resources from the planet. So extracting. That makes it a little bit better if you think of it like that. Yeah. Oh, they're using it to get resources for Earth. Really, they're just trying to show off. So the scientific objectives of Project A119 would have been the detonating of a smallish nuclear device, 1.7 kilotons of TNT, on the moon in order to facilitate research into its geological makeup. This, in principle, can be attempted by non-nuclear means, for example, using the much lower impact energy released by the water-prospecting lunar crater observation and sensing satellite, um, in the L-Cross mission, which was launched in two thousand nine and released the Centaur kinetic energy impactor with a mass of two thousand three hundred and five kilograms and an impact velocity of about nine thousand uh, miles. Per, well, five, it would be five thousand six hundred miles per hour, but nine thousand kilometers an hour. If you're Canadian, <laughs> so the question, or the w-
1: rest of the world, yeah, that's <laughs> not America. <laughs>
0: the question of the L-Cross would find water and have been stated to be influential in whether or not the United States government pursues creating a moon base. On the 13th of November 2009, NASA confirmed the water was detected after the Centaur impacted the creator. The Elcross um, Centaur Kinetic Energy Impactor was underpowered and therefore only partially successful having not produced the expected Earth-visible flash, nor succeeding in excavating and vaporizing enough subsurface material for a complete lunar-soil spectral analysis. That would identify the lunar-soil composition to a great depth. So we were like, we're going to do this and launch this missile thing, this kinetic energy uh, propulsion thing, on the moon to test the soil and get some geological makeup of the moon. Then we did it, and it didn't even work. Well, we uh, uh, underestimated how powerful the moon actually is. The moon's actually pretty strong. No duh, it's taking asteroids all day protecting us, bro. <laughs> well, with all this knowledge on Project A119, I called it the moon's makeover. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's your idea of, you know, does that seem like a beneficial thing in your mind? Or, and would you ever be able to come down to just launching the button?
1: No. Like... No. Sim- simply, no. Having, like, ha- having the romanticized, like you said, version of that moon landing is really important for humanity. Like, like having a romanticized version of... Not, not like, war, or, like, love, or, an, like, a romanticized real event of human progress in science. That that's so much more powerful than, like, hey, remember the one time we fucking nuked the (laughs) moon?
0: It's hard to think how blind they were to how the public would react to it in the first place. Yeah, like... Because, like, when you're thinking, like, how... How many times do we use the moon in movies, and how many times do we use it in romantic situations, and how many times do we think of it, like, when it comes to a lot of our, you know, er earthly, like, natural stuff that occurs? Like, a moon is involved in a big way. Like, moon is involved in religion. You wouldn't think... Big,
1: silvery thing in the sky. Like, you don't want to blow it up. God. Like, you you must... During that, like, whole Red Scare era, you know, like... That might have bolstered the confidence of a certain kind of American, but I doubt it would like have gone down in history as effective or important as a moon landing, which is I'm I'm just happy they didn't fucking do it.
0: I don't know, I would like to see if there were two moons in the sky instead of one. Imagine we can keep blowing it up, and making it Busted smaller. Get <laughs> six different moons. Yeah, why does Mars and all that have like four different moons, and we only got one? I feel jealous. Let's blow ours up, make it smaller. It's like when you break up a cookie into smaller pieces
1: so you have more. Well, uh, Mars doesn't have the uh, Goldilocks conditions, so it can Sugma. <laughs> well, if anybody wants
0: to do research on this crazy project, I suggest looking into it because it's definitely interesting to know that. You know, when you think of, like, movies, they're planning to blow up the moon. Like, the terrorists like, I'm going to blow up the moon if you don't give me one quadrillion, (laughs) quadrillion dollars.
1: One billion billion
0: dollars. It's like, okay, well, we definitely got to give this guy the money because we don't want to blow up the moon. When really, in all reality, we've been testing it or trying to think of that idea ourselves. If I was the government and someone threatened me to blow up the moon, I'd be like, bruh, we already thought about that, and that's why we created a treaty to uh, not do that, so (laughs) you can't do it either. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast, and I suggest definitely looking into the Project A-119. It's definitely a young Carl Sagan's uh, experience. (laughs) Stay tuned for our next episode.